from the DNVR bar down here, corner of Colfax in New York. Got a little Rockies watch party going on here tonight as the Rockies begin their second series of the season, this time with the Oakland Athletics. You know, nothing screams baseball and the Rockies is back like uh, are back, like a series with the Rangers and a series with the Athletics. But here we are. You know, I guess back in the day, interleague play used to happen right around uh, midsummer. So we're getting an early dose of midsummer, uh, midsummer interleague play here with the Rockies starting up with the athletics tonight game not until 7:40. so if you're uh, looking for something to do come on down to the dnvr bar hang out get some wings might i recommend the uh salt and vinegar wings if you've never mm. seen them anywhere else you'll have them here you'll love them if you like salt and vinegar chips you're gonna love the salt and vinegar wings it's basically as simple as that uh but anyways dre how you doing my guy i'm doing pretty good i'm uh as you see rocking the shades though no official picks you know i I earned them yesterday, and I, I will keep rocking them until they are taken off my head. Uh, I did have a nice live bet. I really feel with the Serie A coming to an end, I didn't hammer home enough. Parma, who we won some money on early on, they were the worst team in holding on to a lead. So again, they went up 1-0. All of a sudden, Atalanta had good odds. Bet on them, had to sweat it out. But at the 85th, the 2-1 lead came. And, uh, you know, that, that was a nice little morning bet there for me. So it's interesting that you mentioned that because I just did an explainer. We just filmed an explainer here on hockey betting. And mm. I talked about the uh, the puck line. And, and to be honest, I'm not a big puck line guy. Um, it's just, I don't know, it doesn't suit my fancy to, to have mm-hmm. to give up two and a half goals. And then usually you're not getting that good of value when you're getting the one, or sorry, one and a half goals. And you're not getting great value when you're getting the one and a half goals. So I'm usually a money line hockey better. But one thing I like to do, especially if the abs are heavy favorites in a game, is just sit there and be patient on the live line. And if they go up 1-0, well, you're just not going to bet that night. Um, But if they go down 1-0, well, all of a sudden the odds change dramatically and you're in, you know, uh, at a much better value. Uh, And, and, you know, you got to have faith in the Avs to come and score a couple goals to win the game, but they should be able to do that on any given night. So just, you know, something that I, I wanted to put in people's minds as we work closer towards hockey betting. It's not, uh, it's not going to be something we really talk about on this show much because obviously we got to make our picks before the game starts, but right. you might hear us say, Oh, we're going to, we're going to sit on that one. We're going to, we're going to bet the live line on that game just because the abs are too heavy of favorites or whatever it may be. Uh, let's quickly though. No, maybe not quickly. Let's just get into uh, one of the main topics of today's show. We talked yesterday about what I believe is an absolute lock of a bet. It's Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy over three and a half touchdowns. It's so juicy. You know, we had the Holy Trinity at the beginning, and I might have to bring that back uh, for some new bets here because we, it, I don't, we're gonna have to come up with something, the uh, the incredible quartet or something like that because we gotta mm. add that one. And I got another one, Dre. This one's even better juice that I really love. We're going Jerry Judy total receptions over under 55 and a half. And again, Dre, I look at this and it's minus 110, your standard juice on the line. And I absolutely freaking love it. Um, Kind of wild. Yeah. Kind of wild. Now, again, so this time we'll start with why the book would think this way. Because the Broncos passing offense, as we've mentioned a few times, you know, going off the last few years, hasn't done all that great. After Cortland Sutton's 72 receptions, second most receptions on the team last year, 40 from Noah Fan, which 
I think you could frame two different ways. Is and it should a, also be noted that Emmanuel Sanders was shipped out halfway through the season. That's right. That's right. Because he did have 44 in seven games played. Would have easily, easily yes. eclipsed 55 with, you know, give him two more weeks, he would have got there. Yes. Um, so, yeah. And that might be where this already starts to be a little flawed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Judy as much of a big play and touchdown weapon as he's going to be in the NFL, I think he's really going to be a guy who can gobble up receptions more than anything else. Really be kind of that outlet in the short to intermediate over the middle of the field because he can operate, you know, outside, inside, because he's going to be so lethal on, you know, those inside cuts and just getting able, being able to free up early on. So I think like at Alabama, where he was more of a big play guy and had 68 receptions in 15 games, I think it's going to be a much higher kind of reception to yards ratio once he gets to the pros. Yeah, Dre, you know, I we've been really confident on some of the bets we've made. I think it was Drew Locke over 32.50. We said, rack that up. It was Drew Locke over 22 and a half touchdowns. We said, rack that up. Uh, there are plenty here in our list that we just said, hammer this. This one, you know, we talked about touchdowns yesterday, and I don't necessarily know why we chose touchdowns. Maybe it's just because that low, that number was so low at three and a half that it just grabbed That's your it. attention. Yeah. As I look at this over 55 and a half, I think percentage-wise, this one might get covered by the by the highest percent. I, I, I'm not kidding when I think he might get upwards of double this. Um, now, 111 is what he would have to get to double it. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's um, a lot. Ryan. That's a lot. But I'm saying, like, if he flirts with 100, I'm not going to be shocked at all. Now, that's that's probably the the top end, right? 100 would be like absurd. Yeah. But 75, shout out Mace, covers this by 20. And that's just like, that's in my very, that's in my good to very good category. 60 covers this by five. That's in my like low end, I, uh, okay season for Jerry Judy. Yeah. 54, 55, if you, if this under hits, I'm, I'm like worried something's gone terribly wrong. No, I mean, and well, and that's where, you know, in all of these unders, Vegas has a bit of, it's almost like the soccer bets. You have the built-in tie and the tie would be, you know, someone getting injured in a fluky season, which seems even more likely that's always in play and could completely blow. Um, like, you know, I really liked uh, strikeouts over a hundred strikeouts in this 60 game season by a pitcher. And the Rockies guys were telling me, oh, it's Jared Verlander's your one candidate to do that. Dude, he's out for the year. You know, yep. that that bet kind of dies with him. And so that's always the built-in risk for any over. That said, the numbers you're spewing aren't just the ramblings of an insane man. The, <laughs> Which um, often, the often, often are. they are. <laughs> so we must get that disclaimer out there. But the top three rookie-wide receivers the last five years – have averaged 68 receptions. The top producing rookie wide receiver over the last five years has averaged 78.8. So, wow. you know, you were talking about 65 yep. and 75 right yep. there, yep. right there. See, I know and what I'm talking about once in a while. It's true. And you expand that over 10 years, it changes to the top three. We're averaging 66 receptions 
per season, the and the top guy was averaging 74. So even when you expand that sample size, we're, we're, we're right there. The top guy is going to be in the mid-70s. The top three guys are going to be in the mid-60s. And, you know, we need to re- remember, we believe that Jerry Judy is the best receiver in what is a all-time yep. type of receiver class. So, you know, to, to get to where we think, you'd have to take the best wide receiver classes and average out the top three in that and then take a look at the top one in those best wide receiver classes. So, again... This is another one where I guess it's important to talk about this. John Elway today talking to Denver media says, look, expectations for Drew Locke need to be tempered. Uh, Expectations for this offense need to be tempered because we're a young team operating uh, with no offseason and before training camp. Uh, And in the NFL, they don't really consider the offseason training camp or training camp the offseason. They consider that the season. So, that's what John Elway is saying. And I, and as much as I respect the opinion of John Elway, I'm just saying like, thank you. Keep saying stuff like this. I uh, keep tempering expectations because there's nothing you can say to me. That's going to temper my expectations. I'm sorry. There's just too much talent here. I love the talent of Drew Locke. I love the talent of Courtland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, Dalton Reisner, Graham Glasgow, Lloyd Cushenberry. Like I love it all. So you're just you're not going to talk me off this uh, as much as you want. You can talk everyone else off. You can talk DraftKings Sportsbook down as much as you want. I'm going to keep hammering overs. Well, and just to remind John that his uh, new offensive coordinator is a guy that a week and a half into the season three years ago in Minnesota when Sam Bradford got injured was able to get Case Keenum to play at all-time career levels, yep. uh, a, a journeyman who, who we never thought would really have any peaks or valleys of to that extent, and a guy who got Daniel Jones ready almost instantly with, with all the turmoil that was going on in New York and Eli Manning and, you know, not, not exactly just, oh, you got all the snaps and we're going to develop you and it's going to be easy breezy. You know, some, some adverse circumstances the last couple of years. So if there's a man for the job, it's Pat Shermer to get this uh, – aerial attack in Denver to to work. But I want to go back to something you were saying. Historic wide receiver class. Really, I think the last class that compares to this level is 2014, where we had three rookie wide receivers um, eclipse 1,000 yards receiving. The top guys, Odell Beckham Jr., 91 receptions. Jarvis Landry, 84 receptions. Kelvin Benjamin, 73 receptions. Mike Evans, 68. Jordan Matthews, 67. Sammy Watkins, 65. That you have to get down to the seventh best rookie receiver of that pretty historic class in Brandon Cooks, who just barely missed the 55 and a half with 53 receptions. So we're kind of playing with house money here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, geez, you're just the, the more I learn about this, the more we've done this twice now, where the second line we talked about actually ended up being my favorite one. Um, and this goes back to something I'll always talk about touchdowns as much as we love the Jerry Judy over it. And I'm not changing my opinion on that one tiny little bit. Touchdowns no. are just more uh, volatile. It, it, you know, it's any it, fantasy football player knows that. Exactly. You know, there, you cannot bet on who you can't guarantee who, where the ball is going once you get into the red zone. You know? mm-hmm. So it's about what the defense is going to give you. What you can count on though, in my opinion is game planning and, Pat Shermer is going to game plan the ball into Jerry Judy's hands. I mean, help me out here with, uh, I'll, I'll do some quick math. 55 divided by 16. Uh, 
Yeah, your boy Jerry Judy needs 3.4 catches per game to eclipse this. If any game where he has less than four catches should be considered a colossal failure on the part of the coaching staff. So yeah. to me, and I believe in Pat Shermer to, to not be a colossal failure. So mm-hmm. to me, they're scheming five at the bare minimum, five to ten touches every game has to be at the forefront of their mind for Jerry Judy. Uh, and that's before you talk about, you know, just Drew Locke saying it's third down. I'm getting the ball to the guy who gets open in, a, you know, a, a split second. Um, right. He should be averaging three catches on third down per game. Yeah, yeah, truly. I mean, truly, if things work as planned, that's that's exactly right. And still, the game plan for the Broncos is going to be to feed him the ball. The game plan for opposing defenses is still priority number one is stop Cortland Sutton from going deep and hurting us with a one-on-one contested ball outside. What we were talking about yesterday, right? How lethal Cortland is in that 40 to 30 range where he was gobbling up a bunch of touchdowns for Drew Locke towards the end of last season. That's still priority one, allowing Jerry Judy to just get some cheap receptions in that short to intermediate game. I mean, and look, this is rarely going to work out this way, but we're at a point where we have some insights, have been on this train and believed in the talent on this offense for a couple years to come up. It's still not getting that national respect. And I think we're at like a beautiful inflection point where it's a perfect time to buy on the Broncos passing offense while they still get disrespected, while circumstances are still wacky. And just like watch that stock grow for you all year, basically. Yeah. Yeah, the, you know, so much of what we believe in here uh, comes back to Drew Locke. I mean, any conversation comes to Drew Locke. And for me, I, I'm as big of a Drew Locke believer as there can be. And if you're there, you can pretty much find any Broncos offensive number and bet the over on it. Because the world is telling you they don't know about Drew Locke yet. And I'm telling you, I, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm ready to say that Drew Locke is the future for this team. I'm ready to say that, you know, that this offense is going to take a large step forward with competent quarterback play. You, you know, you can talk about Garrett Bowles uh, and the left tackle situation for the Denver Broncos and why you might be lower on that. And then I can just point to you to the last five games of the season where Garrett Bowles played some of the best ball of his career. Why? Because he had a competent quarterback standing behind him who feels out pressure and gets out at the right times and knows how to, you know, and can, work his way around there in the pocket. So for me, this, a lot of this comes down to drew lock. And then, and then you look at the the weapons around him. And I just think that this guy's in a perfect situation to succeed. Yes. Garrett Bowles is the one place where you point on this offense and say, that's a very large question mark. You do need Joan James to be healthy. Sure. Although yeah. Joan James uh, has historically been healthy every other year. So we're in the other year. Yeah. Uh, this is when he should be healthy. And, and and to be honest, look at what Drew Locke did behind a ragtag group of nobodies towards the end of last season. Like, there's guys uh, that I can't even remember their names. Jake Rogers is oh, out no. there. No I one mean, even knows who that is. Week uh, 17, the starting offensive line. Only the most hardcore of hardcore Broncos fans can name that starting offensive line. I watched that tape twice and wrote grades for every single one of those guys. I couldn't tell you all five. So, I mean, so we had Jake Rogers out there. We had Austin Schlotman out mm-hmm. there. Um, 
Oh, there's this one other guy. I can see his face. The center. Uh, the Patrick. center. Patrick Morris. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's Wilkinson. Bulls. The and one. Wilkinson. No, because well, Rogers was there. in for Wilkinson. Um, oh, right. Okay. So I think we got it. Bowles, Rogers, Morris, Schlotman. We're missing one. <laughs> Shoot. Is Elijah in there? I don't think. Uh, maybe Elijah was the, was the other one. Crazy. Um, that's, that's a cop out, though. But I mean, <laughs> like, Drew Locke won a game with that with that offensive line, uh, and the numbers, yeah, they weren't pretty. But uh, you know, yeah. this guy can get it done. And look at who he's throwing to. He's throwing to Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Tim Patrick. Right now, all of a sudden, he's got a better running game. He's got a better offensive line. He's got better receivers, and he's going to be a better quarterback. To me, this is better this second is easy, tight end. Easy. Better cat receiving running back. And right. I mean, and we're not deniers. We acknowledge that the offensive line, the lack of preparation, these are things that can cap the potential of this offense in 2020. Yep. But what what's being asked from to hit the over from Locke and Judy here is just the absolute bare minimum, you know. Exactly. So that's why we're so bullish on it. That's why we're bullish. We're also bullish on DraftKings Sportsbook. Boy, are we. Sign up up at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. You can get a $1,000 bonus. As you guys know, we're working with DraftKings. Oops. Uh, If you you sign up at DraftKings right now, use the code DNVR. You can get a $1,000 bonus. Uh, And there's so much great stuff going on there. You know, today they just threw us a $10 10 live bet boost Andre on mm-hmm. uh on baseball so we'll probably be saving that for the Rockies game here later uh but there's always something fun over there we talked about the NBA props we talked about all sorts of different stuff they're always keeping it interesting always you know more than just uh the bookie down the street who takes your bets and takes your money there's a lot more to DraftKings Sportsbook so head over to DraftKings Sportsbook and use the code DNVR to get a sign-up bonus up to a thousand dollars must be 21 or older Colorado only Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. The deposit bonus requires a 25x playthrough, and restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Nice. All right, Dre. Well, we're back. Rockies baseball on tap tonight, and you know what that means. We got to give away our lock of the game uh, for for our listeners here, they want to they want to bet on the Rockies. You got to give them something. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the under in this one, which has already moved from ten to nine and a half. You can get it at minus one fourteen. Now it's not you know some stellar pitching matchup here with um, Senzatella against Daniel Mengden, but. I think these offenses are still figuring things out enough in the the you know the the moist air of Oakland to where we're not getting ten runs here. The the A's kind of started slow against the Angels. The Rockies started slow. Rockies one of only two teams in the entire um, major leagues with an ERA, a team ERA under two right now. Um, We'll, we'll see what happens with Senza on the mound without the big three. But still, I think that's a trend that's going to continue for uh, at least until we get back to course here. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Um, but I, that doesn't mean I don't think the Rockies are going to hit tonight. I actually think they will. They will hit a little bit. But, you know, it felt like they broke out a little bit the other day. They scored five runs. They won 5-2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, all was well. Um, 
it does. Senza gives me a little bit uh, of pause here, but you look at the numbers for Mangden, he's a good pitcher. You know, I think he was five and two last year. Um, and you know, he had a four something ERA, but you know, he's not a scrub by any mat- stretch of the mind. Senza, he, we know, we know what Senza is. He's up and down. Um, so he might throw a gem. He might struggle a little bit, but Here's something that we need to keep an eye on because remember last week we had a, you know, a buddy of mine saying he was going to blind crush um, overs. And I noticed something that is hurting overs. Because of the lack of games in this season, uh, managers have a much quicker hook on starters who are struggling. Oh, yeah. So if, if Senza goes out there today and he just doesn't have his stuff, he might go – one uh, you know two three innings before you get pulled and that is hurting games from doing that quick over where you know the the starting pitcher gives up eight runs and and he can't get anyone out and you're just raking off of him all a lot of managers are having a quick hook here and that's why i think is one of the reasons why you're seeing a lot more low scoring games well the other thing is then these bullpen arms are obviously much fresher because we're just at the start of the season the three batter minimum can be worked around when you bring a guy in at the end of the inning, then you can pull him, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other thing that I never considered, but it seems obvious now, these bullpens aren't nearly under as much pressure with no crowd. Mm. Like the vibe is just different than it used to be in the seventh inning stretch. And now, you know, we've got two guys on and you're, you're protecting a two-run lead that's lasted you seemingly all game, but now things get tight. There it gets a little trickier, you know. I like, yeah, yeah that's a really good point. Um, so under, I like it. I, I'll be honest, I'm not gonna hit it, but if if it doesn't hit, I'll be kind of happy because I'm wanting to see some bats out here. Yeah, that'd be um, nice. but I I think you're probably gonna end up being on the right side of that bet. For me, I'm going back to the well. Uh, I'm two for three on this bet so far this season. I go right back to it. It's just inside our minus 200 limit. It's Nolan Arenado hits over one and a half, uh, facing a righty here, which sneaks it down into one, minus 195. Because if you look at the lefties in the lineup, you know Charlie Blackman minus 225, David Dahl minus 210. Um, I personally just I just don't care uh, if no one's in the lineup and he is. Uh, inside the minus 200, I'm going to be taking that every single night, Andre. So um, hammer Nolan until he pre- until he goes into a slump, and then I might just hammer my way out of it as well. Uh, that's my lock of the game. feel pretty good about that one. Ryan McMahon's over at minus 148 seems pretty... Uh, yeah, is he hitless nice so far on the season? He's got to break out eventually. No, I thought he had a, a he key hit uh, against the Rangers, but maybe I'm forgetting. No, you might be right. I just feel like he's been striking out and every at bat. And I tell you what, plus 143 on the money line for the Rockies with Senza on the mound. I mean, it all depends. Are you getting good Senza or bad Senza? I, I'm a Senza optimist, let's say that. So I, I think we'll get good Senza, and he might actually be the, the difference in this one. So here's one of my uh, theories. Mm-hmm. The Rockies not considered to be a great team, right, uh, by the book. 26 yep. and a half wins is what they have projected. You and I think they're going to be closer to 30. Yep. If the Rockies win 30 games and you bet the money line every time, you're going to end up on top because they're going to be underdogs in a lot of games. They have been so far, right? So, uh, yeah, we're already up 
probably, you know, they they were two and one the other night, and we probably ended up up a little over two units yeah. uh, because of the juice. So uh, I'm gonna keep I, I'm gonna keep going after the money lines on Rockies games until they they tell me they prove otherwise. Here's what's um, another interesting one: is total runs by the A's over under set at five and a half. Mm-hmm. Over under for the Rockies set at four and a half. I could see this being a sweat out five four for my under <laughs> <laughs> 5-4 Rockies. Where over hits for them, under hits for the the A's, the under hits overall, um, and everyone's happy like that. The other thing I thought was interesting is you can bet on these, um, you know, team to lead by inning. Rockies are the favorites to be the leader the first couple innings. Then that switches to the A's being favorite to lead in the later innings. So I'm guessing that's based on the fact that Senza third time through the lineup isn't quite as good. And I guess they're saying Mangden is better. That's just my guess. Yeah, or could it be that the A's bats have shown a tendency to jump on teams a little later? Um, I, I, I just found that very interesting. I, I didn't, you know, the season's so young and the Rockies have only played three games against one team. So it's hard to really dig into why that would be, but I thought that was, uh, that was interesting. Speaking of the young season, uh, any trends you're noticing so far that we haven't quite talked about that are interesting here in this baseball season so far? Yeah. One trend I've found, I noticed that the public's betting, you know, on the big name teams. And then one of the teams that are up there is the Mariners, who I've made some money betting on live. Um, And of course, they were playing the Astros, so they were heavy underdogs. But there's kind of, um, you know, there's some pretty crappy teams in the MLB and teams like the Mariners and Orioles have made some people a little money in the early going. Um, While other teams who are bigger names and are going to get more of that public money really stink like the Red Sox. The Red Sox have pitching that is like prime crappy Rockies pitching type bad Mm. Um, top three in ERA. But because they're that big name, you know, East Coast team that's won recently that they're not quite getting the the disrespect they deserve. Um, So that's that's one where you really want to start hammering it. If you're Um, telling me to fade the Red Sox, I am in all day long. And today they have a worse starter yet in Matt Hall. Um, he of a 771 ERA with the Tigers last year in just 23 innings. That's a so, hall I mean, of runs. Yeah, this is like KBO level uh, type pitchers being thrown to the Wolves against the Mets. To the window and get that bet in. <laughs> yeah, six and a half, just the line set at the Mets. So, I mean, the book's starting to pick up on this. But um, I also, you know, it's uh, Joey Votto, a guy that, um, at 150 to one, Patrick Lyons told us to take for MVP. He's starting to heat up. You like to see that. Nelson Cruz is really heating up with the Twins, and that lineup in general um, has been fire. Really interested to see how this uh, series with them and the Cardinals goes um, this weekend. You know, the Dodgers are now down four starting pitchers that they had coming into the season. Um, with Kershaw going out, they just had another dropout. And, you know, now they're hitting the Astros with the two of the best offensive teams 
in the league. They've got Walker Bueller on the mound today. But after that, you're going to really want to start looking at the overs for this series. You might even want to start looking at the over for, uh, you know, Bueller and, and the Astros here because the Astros don't have a great pitcher on the mound. And what is that set at? Ten and a half, the overs plus 106. It's pretty high. It's pretty high, but uh, I don't know. I think there might be something there. And then um, Padres Giants, you know, I love betting against the Padres and how they're overrated. We'll see if their pitching starts to catch up to them. Their pitching, who on paper looks really crappy, they're another top five uh, best pitching teams in the league right now per ERA. So uh, that's another trend out there to mine. And the White Sox are home run city, but the problem is their pitching is horrendous. So that's another team you want to hammer the over on. So that's a few things I've kind of got my eye on. Right Great now. stuff. I hope you guys were taking notes because that's really good insight from our guy, the math magician. Uh, one last thing here. We got a $10 free bet courtesy of Trevor Story hitting two home runs uh, on Sunday afternoon. I am going to take that $10 courtesy of Trevor story and reinvest in Trevor story. We're going oh. Trevor story, oh. uh, home run and Rockies to win at plus 1150. Trevor's a home runs and bunches type of guy. So, uh, I'm going to ride that. I'm going to let it ride on, on Trev. I don't know if that's an official pick. I think I could probably, uh, weasel my way out of that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah with with that being plus 1150 but just letting you know that's where i'm reinvesting my free bet from the other night wait so that's trev to homer and the rockies to win trev to homer rockies to win plus 1150 mm, that is nice uh it didn't happen with nolan in game one maybe it'll happen with trev in game two what what are the lefty the 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 big lefties uh for that uh like you've what's got... doll and Char- what chuck nasty at? Blackman plus fourteen hundred, Dahl plus fourteen fifty. Ryan McMahon plus eighteen hundred. If you really want to get saucy. Oh, I like Dahl there. <laughs> Dahl's a juicy one. Okay. Yeah, he's been squaring it too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He so, sure has. I I, I kind of like to you know you know my my deal. It's dance with the ones that brought you. Yep. Yep. So That's I'm great. gonna I'm gonna dance with Trev tonight. Uh, but. For you guys, if you want to come dance at the DNVR bar, you might get some weird looks. But if you just want to come watch the Rockies game with us, please do tonight. Uh, 7.40 start. We'll be hanging out here. I'm about to order some wings. Uh, I might play a little Madden here uh, in a second. So uh, come hang out. Enjoy yourselves at the DNVR bar. Uh, But if you can't make it down here tonight, we will see you tomorrow on DNVR Bets Daily. We thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you then.